you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, October 11th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast! Those are the voices of today's special guests, two pro bowlers, two super bowlers. Michael Robinson, the real Mike Rob. Welcome back. What's going on? And Willie McGinnis, Willie Mack, welcome back. Hello. Coming up on this episode, a preview of two games that may represent the best investment of time you can make this week. Bills and Chiefs, Sunday afternoon in KC. Cowboys and Eagles, Sunday night in Philly. But before we look ahead to week six, let's look back to the last game of week five. Raiders and Chiefs, last night in Kansas City. Mahomes, Kelsey, looking for his third. He found it! Touchdown! Downfield, he's got it, touchdown! A scintillating contest that had everything you could have hoped for and a couple things you probably wish you hadn't seen. Personal foul, personal foul, roughing the passer, number 97. Gentlemen, Chiefs 30, Raiders 29. It was high profile, high intensity, and high scoring. It was highly entertaining. It was highly controversial. Question number one, Michael, did the right team win? <laughs> and the Chiefs... They would one point trailed 17 to nothing. They're going to win this game. That's such a multi-layered uh, question right there. Um, but I'm going to say, yes, the right team did win. The football gods always get it right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I agreed with the aggressiveness on both sides of the football, both of these teams going for two points and, and things like that. But I do see that whenever a team plays the Kansas City Chiefs, it's like they're almost scared of this offense. It's almost like they're scared of Andy Reid. It's almost like they're scared of Patrick Mahomes. And so they know they got to score touchdowns. They know they got to be a little bit more aggressive, especially playing the Kansas City Chiefs at home. They know they have to do all of those things. And sometimes it, it talks people into making some questionable decisions. But um, 
I, I, I could see those two-point conversions going either way. Um, I saw that the Las Vegas Raiders went for two with four, minute, four and a half minutes left in the game. Some argue that that was a little too early to go for a two-point conversion, but my, my argument to that is either way, you would have had to trust your defense. Either way, you was going to have to put up some points. Either way, you was going to have to figure out a way to stop Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs offense. Topic number two, question number two. It's coming your way, Willie. Sit tight and listen to this. The ref might have seen just a big 300-pound land on him, and I get it. I get it. I'm not saying the ref is wrong, but I'm just saying that those situations can affect the game tremendously. The NFL rulebook, Article 11, roughing the passer. A player who initiates contact against a passer is responsible for avoiding an illegal act. This includes illegal contact that may occur during the process of attempting to dislodge the ball. A standard of strict liability applies for any contact against a passer irrespective of any acts by the passer, such as ducking his head or curling up his body in anticipation of contact. Mm -hmm. Part two of this rule says this, when in doubt about a roughness call or potentially dangerous tactic against the passer, the referee should always call roughing the passer. My question is this, that is the letter of the law. Yep. What is the spirit of the law? And if there is a disconnect, then what really is roughing the passer well first of all i think it's it's extremely tough to have consistency with some of these calls because you're relying on a human element we don't have replay we're not going to the booth but you're relying on a human element to make decisions at that moment whether the angle is good or not and what i will say is the rule reads the way it does is because regardless of the offensive player the strike zone may change, this may change, doesn't matter. The strict liability is on the player initiating the contact. So in this Chris Jones play that we all were looking at from our angle, saying that he braced himself with his left hand, he had the ball in his other hand, God didn't create us all with a third arm in the middle of our chest to push off to make sure we didn't go down and put our weight or excessive weight on the offensive player, we are still responsible for the contact that we initiate. Whether it's purposely done, whether it's not prevented or prevented, it's our job. And as a defender, I see that extremely tough. But when you look at the rules, it says without a doubt, right? We read that in the article, without a doubt. And if a referee doesn't have clear vision on the play, they are going to throw the flag to protect the offensive player restated, regardless restated when in doubt when in doubt right. about a roughness call or potentially dangerous tactic against the passer the referee right. should always call roughing the passer see i think that's bs i do i think i think that's bs and i understand the spirit of it i understand they're trying to protect players but to me any call that has a level of subjectivity to it should have a review booth, should have somebody that it comes down to ultimately, whether it's a sky judge or something, because what deems the hit too hard? What is too hard? What is too, what is the line of demarcation, I guess is what I'm saying. When you see somebody go off sides, you can see it. It's off sides. You see what I'm saying? But with pass interference, with roughing the passer, these are judgment calls. These are, it, it involves 
what the, the referee's experience has he seen certain things? Your 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 call for roughing the passer may be totally different than mine, being an offensive player and, and having that view. So to me, I just think that all subjective calls should have a sky judge or some level of uh, interference from New York or somebody where you can say, you know what. It came down to this. They saw better views than us and take it out of the officials' hands right there on the football field. Something that I think is worth mentioning, if you look at the numbers of roughing the passer calls that have been called through the first 80 games of this season when compared to the first 80 games of last season, fewer this season by half. So it is more of an issue based on certain plays that we have seen and we have discussed as an NFL world but the number of calls are actually fewer by half what well, season. I, I would attribute that to, and to Willie's point, the fact that we have smart defenders that adjust to the rules and they're adjusting yes. to what's been happening over the last yes. couple of years. Like uh, we and Willie were talking earlier and he, t- he spoke about Aaron Donald and how he how he sacks the quarterback, and he almost never gets called for it. And he, he's probably the most intimidating presence up front in all of football, but he definitely adjusted and learns how to learn how to do it. So that number down, I would attribute it to the players. I don't think this topic is going away. Let's hope that a refinement of the process is in our future that will soothe the savage beast within all of us who are wondering <laughs> how we can get this right more often. Question number three, a Keystone Cops moment ended silver and black hopes. Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro finding themselves in the same lane of traffic at the worst possible time. Car, receiver falls down. There are no flags. And the Chiefs will take over and win this game. Mike Robb, while the rest of us were apportioning blame, you were giving credit. You saw more than offensive calamity. You saw defensive calculation. The timing of that was totally off. What did you see? Yeah, I saw, um, first of all, in the play, it was a slot with Devontae Adams being the outside receiver, Hunter, uh, Hunter Renfro being the slot receiver, the second receiver inside. And the and the, the guy covering Hunter Renfro was off about, I don't know, seven, eight yards. And the guy covering Devontae Adams was more pressed. And the, the, the route concept that they were trying to do was some type of a post by the outside receiver, Devontae Adams, and some type of corner or out route by Hunter Renfro, the number two receiver. And it's a scissors concept. And what it does is it confuses the defenders and it makes you know oh you got him I got him and it just makes them be confused what would happen was the jamming of Devontae Adams on the outside slowed him down to a degree so much that when Hunter Renfro was ready to come out of his break and again he sped it up because he knew it was fourth down he knew it was a blitz down he knew his quarterback was relying on him to get open so he sped it up when he came out of his break Devontae Adams was right there and you can see it real close up they saw each other and you could it's almost like that moment where they both go oh hell no you know what I mean and the timing was messed up so I looked at it as more of not of a mess up from the Las Vegas Raiders, but more of an exceptional play from the Kansas City Chiefs defense. You likened it to what we saw at the end of that Super Bowl, that defining interception. Wilson, quick throw. Let's go! Intercepted! Intercepted to Malcolm Butler! Butler has it at the one! Malcolm Butler stepping in front of the throw! Made by the Patriots against your Seahawks. It was a timing issue that happened with jamming at the line of scrimmage. Compare those two plays real quick because I think it's an interesting comparison. Well, absolutely. People always remember that defensive back for the New England Patriots. Wins the- but nobody talks about the jamming of Jermaine Curse from Brandon Browner. That was the play. Without Brandon Browner jamming the receiver, he doesn't see the entire play develop. The timing was threw off based off of the jamming of the outside receiver. I thought it was a great play. Same again last night. Timing disrupted play. 
looks terrible, credit should go to the defense more Absolutely. than we are giving it. Uh, question number four, I'm going to stay right here with you, Mike Rob. Why am I suddenly a believer after everything we saw last night in the Las Vegas Raiders? Now, I want to take you back to a week or two ago when you stuck a fork yeah. in the Las Vegas Raiders. And yet we talked as a family earlier today and we look at this. We saw the performance that the Silver and Black put on the field last night. Now we look at their schedule. They've got a bye week to lick their wounds. Then they play the Texans, the Saints, the Jags, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Seahawks. It's hard for me not to believe that the team I saw last night lose in Kansas City won't end that stretch 7-4. and four. Yeah, and they can win every one of those games. Just listening off the top, you know, off the top of my head, the two tougher teams are going to be, what, the, probably the Tennessee Titans and maybe the Seahawks, right? We're not even talking about the Denver Broncos. Yeah, Saints, I think, and Seahawks, probably. Saints, too. You see, I mean, they have a yes. defense, but again, it's, depending it's Texans, on the quarterback. Saints, Jags, Colts, oh, not Broncos. Titans, Texans. Yes, sir. Texans, my bad. Saints. No, yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah. Jags, Colts, Broncos, Seahawks. Conceivably, no, nobody's giving them W's in any of these games. However, conceivably, that could be a six-game winning streak. It could be a six-game winning streak. And if they play like they played against Kansas City um, last night, running the football, controlling the line of scrimmage, Josh Jacobs, 21 carries, 154 yards, and a touchdown. If they hang their hat on the offense of line, if they hang their hat on this run game and allow Derek Carr to play complimentary football, and I know that might they may that may sound taboo with Devontae Adams on the outside. It's not, that doesn't mean he can't still have almost 2,000 yards of receiving. That just means any doubt when you're calling plays, you go to the running back first as opposed to trying to throw it, and I think they'll be fine. Question number five coming to you, Willie Mack. Okay. Michael intimated earlier his answer to this question, so let me turn to you. Why was Josh McDaniel's decision to go for two the right decision? They handed Jacobs, and he, no signal, they didn't get it. I think with Josh is grooming from Bill Belichick and the way he's learned um, the game, I think you always give your, your, your team the best opportunity to win the game. And Belichick has made several decisions based on what is going on on the football field. They factor in the analytics and all that stuff at times, but it has to make sense for the football point of view. And that is the time where Kansas City in the second half, you could say, had caught their momentum. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the Raiders defense could stop them. Maybe he didn't either. Maybe he's not going to be negative and say that to his team, but he gave... He gave, he tried to put himself in position to have the lead. Yeah. That way, if it came down to it, he could say, I put us in position. Whatever happens after that, you know, it happens. Um, and he saw what we saw. Kansas City in five straight drives, four touchdowns and a field goal. Absolutely. This was a team that was suddenly moving the ball absolutely. without stopping. And, he, and, and, and he's a situational guy where he looks at everything. It's just not based on that one decision. He's looking at once I go up or once this happens, now, this is the position it puts us in. Now, we didn't know they were going to get the ball back again mm -hmm. after that, but you can't count on that. You got to go, you know, you got to make decisions based on what's happening now, like I said, to give you a chance. And he thought that was the best opportunity, so he made it. And I, and I also think, to your point, Willie, traditionally, I think he would have been right in years past, but I think Kansas City showed, and again, they didn't outrush the Las Vegas Raiders, but they showed their ability to run the football a little bit, which is a little bit different, a little bit different than what we've seen from Andy, uh, Andy Reid coach teams, a little bit different than we've seen with Patrick Mahomes on the, t on the field. And to have that thought that with four and a half minutes left on the clock, there is a possibility we may not get the, we may not get the football back. And, uh, and oftentimes they go against the narrative with the quick strike offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's also seen Kansas City 
in overtime yeah. against really good teams take the ball the length of the field and score. And if you look at that play, I mean, it damn near looked like a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Like they, I mean, like a, you know, a conversion. Yeah. So they were inches away. And ironically, Josh was a part of that as well when they played yep. the, the Colts, I think, in 09. Same type of mentality. I know our defense is struggling. I know we can't stop this particular team. So I'm going to put it on this group right now to try to give us a chance to win the game. Smart and they came up short again with Falk. But it's a smart right way yeah. of thinking. Yeah. So it was the right decision and the right play call? I think so. They gave it to the guy that was that was hot. I mean, They, they did. That Jacobs, it seemed like they couldn't stop. They him. gave it to the guy that was hot, and they leaned on the offensive line, which was a group that was dominating at yeah. that time of the game. So, yeah, I'm okay with the play call. Question number six, last question for this game, purely hypothetical, of course. Michael, if I'm an NFL player and I'm hurrying off the field at the end of a highly emotional game <laughs> on the road in hostile beer can throwing territory, helmet on, in the shadowy light of a stadium threshold to a darkened tunnel and a figure flashes directly in front of me, I'm inclined to extend my arms and repel the unexpected thing in my path. My question is this. Should I rethink and recalibrate my natural human instincts? And if so, how would you suggest I do that? Yeah, man. Um, to hear you set it up like that, it's <laughs> tough. No, I'm serious. Because a lot of our yeah. listeners, you know, it's like they don't really realize that these players are human beings, have real human emotions. Um, I think Devontae Adams had in his head the fact that that last play was a little bit some on him, so he was a little upset. But as athletes, we... We can't do it. We can't put our hands on um, people that aren't involved in the game. We have to be able to control our emotions, even though <laughs> there are times where it's almost impossible for humans to control their emotions. But we are paid a lot of money to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I expect some, some hard justice to come from the National Football League. I just think opposite. I'm going to protect myself at all costs. And I don't know the guy that's running up his intentions, but at the end of the day, they should respect our space as a professional as well and understand what environment that we're in. This is this is this is all we have. We each player don't have security escorting them off the field. Devontae is a high-profile player, one of the best in the league, if not the best receiver in the league. A lot of people will argue. And I think people sometimes feel that they have the right to say what they want, to enter our space, to do whatever it is, be either you're because you're buying a ticket or you have a credential or you have limited access, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, I think people should also respect our space and know that, to Mike's point, if we're upset, frustrated, or whatever, where our emotions are. Mm -hmm. And we're coming off the field, hard-fought game, a lot of emotions, a lot of ups and downs, just came off a play where it could have went either way, and you're jumping in the man's face at the time. What's the natural reaction on the street mm -hmm. or anywhere else if you jump in somebody's face who do not know you, what you think that man is, could possibly do? You don't know. So I would say just because it's a football environment, don't think you have the right to do that. I get it. Like, there may be repercussions on the NFL side as far as Devontae, but at the end of the day, keep people away. Have a rope up, whatever the case may be. Let us exit the field safely. Because what if that guy, we don't know him, had a knife? What if he was some deranged, crazy, whatever dude, and he and he harmed Devontae? What would we be saying now? He had a pole in his hand. We never, Devontae we, had no idea we, what that was. We he never, just saw a thing. We never know. So I'm, I'm just saying, 
to avoid all that, protect the players, protect the fans, to protect the people on the field, keep people away when the players are exiting, and you won't really, you probably won't have that. Willie, I agree with you, man, and I'm so glad you said that. Seriously, man, I agree. Um, I used to have a coach, a running back coach. Every time the season was over, our exit meetings or whatever, he would sit us all down. He would say, "Now remember, you're a regular person now. <laughs> you can't hit back. Right. You get ran over in the league." The next play, you can go get that dude back. Mm-hmm. You are a civilian now. And, and it was so powerful. I remember the first time him telling me this, and I'm like, damn, man. He's telling me to, 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 to get this football warrior mindset, put this to the side and wait for next year. Mm-hmm. When you're legally able to go out there and do that, sometimes I think um, we get caught up in the moment. Uh, something I take from that from both of you, and thank you for your honest answer. The standard is high. It should be high. It is set very high, and Devontae needs to live up to that high standard, but that standard needs to be shared by everybody. Yep. The player and the non-players on the field, in the tunnel, in the stands, too. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Willie McGinnis and Michael Robinson, four Super Bowl rings between them, two Sunday games ahead of them. Game one, the Total Access game of the week, the once-beaten Cowboys and the unbeaten Eagles. Three questions. Question number one, how difficult is it to defend this Eagles offense? It's super difficult because they give you a lot of things that you have to worry about. Hurts gives it off to Sanders, to the five, in for the touchdown goes Miles Sanders. One of the best teams, if not the best team in the running game. They got a physical offensive line. Snap to Hurts, another quarterback sneak. They push him forward into the end zone for the touchdown. They got two capable runners. They got a quarterback that runs really well, that's strong and physical. When they see certain matchups, now they got weapons on the outside that you have to worry about. Hurts clapping his hands. Hurts back. He's looking, he fires, he completes it, leading in. Is it a touchdown? It is. Yes, it is a touchdown to A.J. Brown. The most dangerous offenses I've ever played against is a balanced offense that can hurt you in multiple ways. When you're one-dimensional, it's, it's easy. When you have balance and you can run and throw and you're physical and you have the skill set on the outside, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. So that's what makes them so difficult in my eyes. Question number two, for all the good that is Jalen Hurts 2022, Mike Rob, you still think the best way to beat his team is to leave it up to him to beat you. Why? Absolutely. Um, because you just got to look at, again, you just heard Willie say, the toughest offenses to defend are the ones that can can do both, can do anything. They can run past. However you present yourself to them defensively, they have an answer for you. And so what I would do is I would put it on Jalen Hurts' arm. What was, it, what, is, what was the question coming into this season? Can he throw from the pocket? Can he consistently beat a team with his arm? So we're only five or six games in. That, to me, that's not that big of a sample size. Yes, I've seen growth, but I would see if he – has that growth when I play him. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) You did it last week. It don't mean nothing if you can't do it again this week. So for me, I would load up the box. Do not allow this team to run the football because they have a great offensive line. And obviously Jalen Hurts' uh, legs come into play there too. But I would force this Philadelphia offense to beat me through there. They have the guys on the outside. But the question is still at the quarterback position. Can he beat you from the pocket? Question number three, other side of the ball. Where in the world is Micah Parsons on first and second downs and why? (laughs) Well, they move him around a lot, and it's because he's such a great player. He's, he's very versatile, and when you have a player like that, you can do a lot of different things to keep the offense off balance. Now, depending on, you know, like I said, the down, you may see him stacked. You may see him off the ball because now he's a true linebacker. He can attack the run. You can use him in a passing game, which they do, and you can also bring him on a blitz. So now you got pretty much three things you're using him for. If it's a 100% down, throwing down, whether you know they're throwing the football, then you got him as a pass rusher. You're moving him up on the line of scrimmage. He's going to be at the right or left end. He may be standing up, mocking over, you know, the guard or center or whatever the case may be. But he is 100% a pass rusher on passing downs. That's the preview. Let's wait for the performance Sunday night in Philly. Can't wait for that one. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. NFL Total Access, the podcast. Mike, Rob, Willie Mack, we will be back in KC for a game that promises to be one of the best games of the season. Bills and Chiefs, a rematch of that unforgettable game. Holmes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown! My heart rate has only recently returned (laughs) to normal, and yet here we go again. Gentlemen, quickly, tale of the tape. Let's start with coaching. Coaching, who has the edge in this one? I'm going to say the Chiefs. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, And I say that because over the years... Steve Spagnola. Steve Spagnola. I've seen over the years, especially offensively, they've been able to construct some of the most difficult offenses to defend, whether it's formations, whether it's the tempo, uh, shifts, motions, creating matchups, putting the pressure on the defenses. And, and playing against Andy Reid, that was one of the things that you know, we had to prepare ourselves for was a guy like Westbrook, a guy like T.O., you know, all those guys in different positions doing different things. And he finds the matchups and he takes advantage of it with the creativity that he brings to the table. Casey up 1-0. From the file marks, takes one to no one. Let's talk running backs. Michael Robinson, who has the edge in the running backs? Oh, in the running back category, I would have to go with Casey um, in this one. Obviously, you, you see with Kyle Edwards-Hilaire, as to this offense, this dude just eats up space and he make you miss in, in small areas. Then the the uh, Pachinko. I, I love the Pachinko yeah. kid. The kid runs Isaiah. with a lot of passion. Isaiah Pachinko. And then McKinnon, last, this, this past game, yep. he ran hard. <laughs> I think he was on an angry run with uh, Kyle Brandt on GMFB. He ran hard and he can affect the game out of the backfield. So I'll go with the Kansas City Chiefs running back. Okay, so the Chiefs are now up to zip can they hold that lead let's go to the wide receivers let's stay with you michael robinson wide receivers who has the edge in this one 
Uh, yeah, uh, Tyreek Hill is not playing, right? He's no longer. Correct. I Kansas believe he's series. in South Beach. He's in South Beach, okay, uh, losing down there with them. So for me, <laughs> I'm, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Buffalo Bills. Steph Diggs, Gabe Davis. Did you see Gabe Davis with the one handed? Yeah, we sure did. Looked like a million yard throw. I mean, one handed catch over an all pro safety makeup at Patrick. Yeah, I just only named two. I ain't going to go into the rest of them, but I got the Bills. The, it's funny, the range that he showed on that play alone, the elegance, the gracefulness. Oh, my goodness. To make a one-handed catch, and, it was and then the ferocity to rip the ball out of the man's hands. Oh, right? Oh, oh. He did all that with three receptions. Yeah, he did. He had 171 yes. yards, three receptions, and two touchdowns, and three. three receptions. It is now two to one. <laughs> Kansas City holding on to a slim lead. Let's go to defense. From the file marked, takes one to no one. Who has the edge on the defensive side of this game? I'm gonna go with Buffalo again. I th- I, I think they still got the upper hand, and I know they've had some DBs hurt, but I think they're starting to get guys back in the fold. But they're front seven. You know, Milano, um, I like Von Miller, I like Russo. I like, I like everything about them. They can, they can beat you with just four up front if they got to get after the quarterback. They play on the other side of the line of scrimmage, so they make it tough against the run. Um, they're explosive. The linebackers run. They're good in space. They're good dropping in coverage. And the defensive backs, the guys, because of the front seven, if they have everybody healthy, they got two of the best safeties in the league. They got a lockdown corner that they haven't even been playing with and still playing at a high level. And I just think they are, they're well-balanced on every level. So when I judge defenses, I look at every single level, kind of like what Mike Rob played with. I look at the front, the D-line, I look at the linebackers, and then I look at the secondary. If you got playmakers on every level, you're dangerous. Just like that, it's 2-2. Two to two. The deciding factor in this tale of the tape may well be the deciding factor in this game. Quarterback play, of course. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I have a sense I know where Michael Robinson is going to go here. So let me start with you on this one. Who has the edge in terms of quarterbacks? Wow, that's tough. It is tough. Um, Because both of these guys are great, and they do so many things well. And if you're doing a comparison history test of the times they've played, Mahomes has been the guy that always finished, finished the fight. You know, he's been the guy where he gets the ball in the last opportunity, um, whether it's a drive that he needs to make in a two-minute situation, whether it's overtime, whatever the case may be, he's been able to, to, to be able to make those plays. Now, I will say that Josh has jumped leaps and bounds of getting better and better every single year, and he's looking unstoppable um, this year. But based on history, based on the matchups, these guys going against each other. I would have to give it to the guy that's always won. Mahomes scrambling to his right, holding it, holding it, gets off the hit, now lunging forward, and now fires it late, caught at the back of the end zone. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mahomes with the touchdown pass. Mahomes magic. The burden of proof does fall to Josh Allen because we have seen the evidence. The evidence and the data and the history suggest that you're right. Patrick Mahomes probably has the edge one way or another. 13 seconds left on the clock or 13 minutes left on the clock. Michael, you may have a different take. But I I mean, obviously I'm going Josh Allen. But, but I, I mean, I would say this. Have we seen these two quarterbacks go go up against each other without Tyreek Hill? You take Tyreek Hill out of that divisional round matchup last year, do they come back in 13 seconds? I mean, he probably wanted the only receivers that could have done some of the things. Now, the that, first play to Tyreek is the one that made the that, second that, that, play to Kelsey Pretty much possible. the whole drive. Yeah. Pretty much the whole drive was him. Was him. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you take him out of this game. And what I believe, and to your point earlier, Willie, when you talked about the coaching advantage, mm-hmm. right, I believe 
Patrick has always had that coaching advantage from a play calling standpoint, from a history standpoint. Andy Reid knows almost all of these coaches. Hell, Sean McDermott was on his staff. Right. If you know how to beat a guy, you, he knows how to beat him. True. You see what I'm saying? So I would, I would say Patrick Mahomes traditionally has had those advantages. But what I've seen this year from Josh Allen, how he hadn't gone in the tank when he throws an interception, how he hadn't tried to play hero ball every single time they got down a little bit. He seemed okay punting the football over the, la- over the last few weeks. And he still come out, overcome early deficits, overcome adversity, and he comes out and balls out to me. He's the MVP candidate for the league right now. So this year, with these circumstances, I would have to go Josh Allen. Going into the wind, way down the field. Oh, my goodness! So uh, reviewing Tale of the Tape, we have a tie. <laughs> we have a tie, two and a half to two and a half. Well, uh, I tell you what, as a neutral, I'll take a 42-42 tie too. in this one. I would love right? that. Put a whole bunch awesome. of points on the board, finish with a tie, that's fine. Yeah, both of them a tie. I'll tell you what I don't want. It helps them in the division. I don't want to see the helpless image of Josh Allen on the sidelines not being able to do anything. If the game is close, I at least want the young man to have an opportunity to prove us right or prove us wrong, depending on what side of the fence you are on. Gentlemen, thank you for your preview. The performance is Sunday afternoon. Oh my Lord, I can't wait for this one. I want to thank my guests today, Michael Robinson and Willie McGinnis. Join us tomorrow for a special preview of Thursday Night Football, Commanders and Bears. And yes, It's a game that on paper looks regrettable, (laughs) but on the field, it will be unforgettable and we will tell you why. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.